0: Back to part two, that's conversion Therapy, and we're about to tell you that you get to suffer through this life for a lot longer. I'm Karen.
1: <laughs> and I'm Bonnie, and Karen just reminded me to um, respect Anne Frank's plight, but that, you know what, it, we should not say that the shit that we're going through is not crappy and awful, because it is.
0: Yeah, and it's hard. Yeah, and it's valid. So just to give people a little um insight. We're we're popping just at the end of last week's episode. So Bonnie and I are just continuing our conversation. But when we have days that are awful, she's sort of like, "Yeah, but it's nothing compared to, you know, what Anne Frank had to deal with or this and that." But as we know, yeah. Everyone's pain is unique to them, and and its pain feels it the same.
1: It is. We have running toilets <laughs> we that do. we don't have to share with people like she did. Yeah, you know yeah. we can look out the window. So I mean, for that, I'm just trying to I'm trying to pick at the things that I go. Oh my gosh, I'm so lucky I can stick my desk by the window and just look out and glaze over (laughs) (laughs) forget something
0: and i can just do the same with lsd so (laughs) this is deconversion lsd
1: sounds interesting i shouldn't say that on the podcast never mind
0: no it's fine so this is uh, deconversion therapy find us on all the social networks I don't watch that thing that says to get off your social networks and it's bad for you cuz that doesn't benefit us. <laughs> so just type in deconversion therapy and say hey to us and rate us and review us.
1: We love stuff. And you know what the the Facebook group that we have going is so it's supportive and people say nice things to one another and people go in there with the, with their questions about other people's deconverting Experiences, or just other experiences, like being stuck at home in a lockdown with your family, right? Um, and and it's it's a good sharing place. People are people are kind in there.
0: Yeah, and like I was saying the other day to someone else, like each one of our little hidey holes on the internet is has its own personality. So the Facebook yeah. group, it's pretty much people running it themselves, and then, um, and the memes there can be ones that I might not use on our Instagram, which is a little more, you know, PG, general, uh, but snarky. And then our Twitter, I mean, like everything is different. So we are talking about end of times And trying to talk you all off the ledge if you're suddenly going like, you know what? This sure does sound like what my pastor used to talk about. And I am a little wary. I'm scared Um, because it's absolutely scary times. People talking about civil war and people with millions of guns. It is definitely crazy. And that's one thing I don't know Um, When you were a pseudo-Christian, Bonnie, if you felt the, (laughs) you know, the one thing we could rely on is that almost every Sunday or whatever, we were always being told about hope. Like, even with all the other shit, it was still, like, our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is in the life after. Um, Jesus always brings hope. So there was always that to lean on. And now that I don't have that belief system, I have to go out and make my hope, which, you know, not all of us have the energy to do that all the time.
1: And my hope used to be leaving the city, the town where I live, and going somewhere, even somewhere small. And I don't have that anymore. <laughs> I, You're going to so, have to
0: back up and explain that one. I like to travel and i
1: like to travel to little tiny trips and or big trips either way but there's nowhere to go right now yeah that i feel like i could uh, safely go right right cuz
0: you're in people florida people are
1: traveling though i know <laughs> that's what's baffling people are traveling oh yeah and yeah. they're not dying they so are not. maybe but once they get there what is there to do
0: have you seen what's happening in new york Mean the streets are pretty empty. I know. And New York can do that. But everywhere else and down here in Tennessee, everything's packed, everything's back to quote normal. It's infuriating. It's But what ugh. if I got to Tennessee
1: on a vacation and then got sick? It'd be horrible. I
0: I don't want to take, take, take that, that chance. <laughs> It would be horrible. <laughs> Let's put that one up for a vote. Oh, Video gosh. to come. Well, okay. <laughs> so that's come. one of our first uh, things we're going to talk about on this episode. Is one of the signs of Armageddon and Jesus returning and the world blowing up and all that. And the Bible is diseases and epidemics. So that's the one that's really freaked people out. You know. Right. The whole idea of this COVID thing, it its I'm getting used to it. And then I get scared when I get used to seeing people with masks on. It's just right. so dystopian. It's insane.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, think back if you can, because it's easy to have time between it. But AIDS really freaked me out.
0: Very true. Yeah.
1: And... And the whole idea that it's not a death sentence now, but it was then, mm-hmm. I had a nightmare about it just last night. It was it was finality.
0: The scary part of that is like what we're going through now as far as remember when no one knew how it started, like no one right. knew uh, if it was... Before we even knew that it was sexually transmitted, we didn't know Mm -hmm. if it was from touching something, if it was from kissing people. Like, there was just no knowledge, and that's what freaked everyone out because they're like, where did it start? How in the world do we just have a new disease? How close can I
1: get to somebody? What? You know? Am I I going to be – is it contagious? How close can I get? Can I touch somebody? Yeah. I don't know. And then Princess Diana was heralded for – you know, touching the children who had it. Yeah. Uh, probably because there were people who knew science <laughs> at the beginning, right. just like there are now. Yeah. And she probably knew what was what by, I don't know, listening to scientists.
0: And reading. Reading right. is really right. it's a good thing.
1: There's right now a wedding somewhere that happened, and they were just giving the statistics on how many people have gotten sick because they could all be traced back to this wedding. And it's like maybe five people died, and a hundred some odd people are sick, and people were saying, oh, I hope it was worth it to you guys to have the best day of your life when a lot of people now have had the worst day of their life watching their family members die. But let's not get angry. I'm
0: sorry. (laughs) No, it's infuriating. And, you know, as infuriating as it is, it doesn't mean it's the end of the world. Don't worry about the Bible. That was like their scariest things that they could think of. So, uh, you know, back then and when this was written, this was a land and people who were not only inbreeding— but there were diseases all the time. And leprosy, which has now been controlled. I mean, we have so many things like that, polio, that we've, you know, gotten, mm-hmm. quote, passed. Um, and non-vaxxers, just send me your home address privately. <laughs> and, you know, this is just the the scariest thing that these writers could think of. But, yeah, you got to think of how many... Plagues, the bubonic plague, the Spanish flu, these are times mm-hmm. when people must have thought, okay, Jesus is returning because look at all these people are sick and no one can heal and everyone's dying. So Jesus didn't right. come back then and he's not going to come back now.
1: At the same time, what's interesting to me about this is they didn't. There was some hap- some some plague happened in London, and they didn't know that it was being transmitted through the water supply. Right. And just what we know now compared to what we didn't know two or three hundred years ago. Yeah. Is is phenomenal. People before they would do operations, and by people I mean doctors sometimes they wouldn't wash their hands because they didn't realize there were germs on their hands. It's just we know so much more.
0: Yeah, I was Some of us reading this to book. It. I can't remember the name of it, but it's written by Holly Tucker uh, out of Vanderbilt. And it was like the, the beginning of blood transfusions and figuring mm-hmm. it all out and just the ridiculous... You know, it was hit or miss. It's like, let's take this ostrich feather, clear it out, and that's how we're going to suck the blood out of this person, put it in this one. You know, and then they die of some bird garbage that's in the thing, (laughs) and they don't know if it's the blood transfusion that didn't work. They don't know what's going on because Mm -hmm. there was a lot of practicing going on. Um, And there's a lot of interpretation to this one. So this is just one person's, you know, take of what this means from the Bible, but the rise of fundamentalist Islamic power. So a lot of people say in the end time that the Bible predicts that there'll be a rising up of North Africa in the Middle East. And that there'll be some charismatic personality who's going to unify and um, make a powerful block of nations. So when the European Union came around, which mm-hmm. was very convenient for traveling between them, um, <laughs> a lot of people were like, yep, here we go. Globalism, it doesn't just scare us economically. What's really scary is that's when it was in the Bible— but it also right. says that Egypt is going to play a key role. And I haven't heard a lot coming out of Egypt, but maybe I – Egypt has not shouted loud enough with whatever's going on there to muffle America's disasters for me to know. I don't know.
1: Well, here's my comment, and it's just like what you said, I think, in the last episode that we were talking about. If they had made any predictions about what was happening in North America, I would be all on board with this. But they were just throwing out stuff that was fantastic about what they knew. Nothing Nothing was new, It was, how can we mess up, or how could things that we know about possibly get messed up?
0: It reminds me of uh, what I was trying to tell my girlfriend who lives in L.A. I'm always like, is a fire near you? And she's like, Karen, that's 300 miles away. Okay, is this near, you know. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can point out everything about the Fertile Crescent, but I cannot tell you... (laughs) anything about actual today geography you know everyone was in their own bubble of what they saw and what they were educated in right but those are
1: the only predictions i mean they didn't even give any predictions about spaceships about aliens you know what i mean nothing from the imagination how about maybe just simmer down and don't try to control everything we're not gonna win. We're not gonna win this war. If Jesus comes back and takes <laughs> us up and leaves our clothes here, we're just gonna get left behind.
0: Oh, that's a good name for a book. Movie. Oh.
1: <laughs> do you wanna hear a couple of stories in between the um <laughs> the things that we should not be worried about? I but do. so much. Please. Okay, so. Uh, there, by the way, there's a great list on Wikipedia, uh, a big giant list of dates that were predicted for apocalyptic events that didn't happen. What? And it's over thousands of years. Um, like,
0: uh, right. Barely. In the year
1: 1000, they had another, they had the similar panic of, oh, my God, when the church bells toll, the end of the world is coming. And guess what? The church bells tolled, and they all went home <laughs> and didn't have a very happy New Year.
0: What but year was In that? the year 1000. Oh, I wonder if they sold T-shirts and like had... <laughs> Like special that outfits. That took
1: forever to print.
0: <laughs> yeah. Get your Togates. last cup of ale or mead or whatever <laughs> it was. Yeah.
1: Okay, we're going to let you go from the service. The end times didn't happen. Now you got to keep tithing.
0: <laughs> right. Um, Walk home in the dark because <laughs> we still have no flashlights.
1: <laughs> we, we have fire though. Um, okay, so this one was just funny. To, uh, this one just represents how much we want to think that people and other beings can predict things. In 1806, there was a woman. Her last name was Bateman. Um, I want to say it's Margaret Bateman. I didn't write Justine. it down. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she created this hoax known as the Prophet Hen of Leeds. Hen? H E N. H-E-N. Like a, a chicken. A
0: chicken thingy? Got
1: it. Yep. So there were eggs that were laid by this hen, and they were purported to predict the end times. What? Villa- <laughs> That's right. Villagers believed doomsday had come when a hen began laying eggs with the phrase, Christ is coming, on each one. Oh,
0: give me a...
1: I know. So it turns out that it was a hoax. What? And she had written on each of the eggs using acid and then reinserted them into the hen's oviduct. Oh, my God. (laughs) So by the time they
0: were in there and popped out. She was doing early in vitro. That's right. Oh, that's so. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, damn those chickens! I'm mad. <laughs> what now. were these hens thinking? Excuse oh, me, no, <laughs> I just exactly. popped that out. <laughs> Mama told um, <laughs> me this is only an exit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um. Let's see. So I'm gonna
1: scroll past the guy we talked about in the last one. Um. I'll talk more about Wilbur at the end of all of this, but here are a few little mid, mid-range end-of-time <laughs> debacles. <laughs> in 1975, there was a worldwide jubilee. Yep, I remember. Predicted. Yeah. <laughs> so in 1966, the Watchtower Society issued the first of what became a sequence of statements on the importance of a new date. 1975 and these are raised, the mormons right these are the church of latter-day saints those yep, the those, those those yes uh, i forget
0: which people aren't going to heaven what they stand for
1: okay <laughs> right right uh let's see they raise the possibility of that you're heralding the beginning of christ's millennial reign and along with it doom for unbelievers doom so according to this trustworthy Bible chronology, 6,000 years from man's creation will end in 1975 <laughs> and the seventh period of a thousand years of human history will begin in the fall of 1975. So 6,000 years of man's existence on earth will soon be up, yes, with this generation. How appropriate it would be for Jehovah God to make of this coming seventh period of a thousand years a Sabbath period of rest and release, a great Jubilee Sabbath for the proclaiming of liberty throughout the earth to all its inhabitants. It would be according to the loving purpose of Jehovah God for the reign of Jesus Christ, the Lord of the Sabbath, to run parallel with the seventh millennium of man's existence. That's so many words to say the same thing. Right, right. So um yeah. So their their hope hinged on the belief that Adam had been created in the northern hemisphere, autumn <laughs> right. of 4026 BCE. Right. And that the close of that first 6,000 years of humanity, uh, the history, could correspond with the end of God's rest day. So to me, the fact that they're using 6,000 years as 6,000 years doesn't work out in the whole way that they said Noah was 900 years old. Mm -hmm. And like, oh, they calculated age differently back then. A year was less. And so... um, Let's see. Uh, Oh, the transition was supposed to be marked by the Battle of Armageddon. Yet, as researcher Richard Singlenberg has pointed out, the Society's literature at no point definitively stated that Armageddon would take place in 1975. In fact, as early as 1966, Frederick Franz, then vice president of the Society, inserted a definite uncertainty clause. (laughs) Does it mean that God's rest day. (laughs) Does it mean that God's rest day began in 4026? It could have. The book does not say it did not. You can accept it or reject it. Does it mean that Armageddon is going to be finished by 1975? It could. It could. (laughs) All things are possible with God. Does it mean that Babylon the (laughs) He works in mysterious
0: ways?
1: (laughs) Here's one more. Does it mean that Babylon the Great is going to go down by 1975? It could, (laughs) but we're not. Saying, <laughs> we're not yeah, saying.
0: That's great. So yeah. really, it's if you just don't say anything, you're just as accurate. Um, okay. Right.
1: There was one here. I'll read another tiny one. Okay. There was uh, one guy in 1987 um, on the seventh of uh, the 17th of August. Jose Arguelles claimed that Armageddon would take place unless. 144,000 people gathered in certain places across the world in order to resonate in harmony on that day. That's too big of an ask. That
0: sounds familiar, though.
1: Yeah, but, like, that's way too much organization of people to prevent something.
0: Why wouldn't they just be like, everyone... You need to be in a deep state of sleep at 3 a.m. on this day. You know, make it work out at least. Make it work out. Because then they're just going to blame the unfaithful for not gathering.
1: Right, right. Don't give me a task. <laughs> right. For sure. Um, I can tell you two more or we can read more things. No, go ahead. Uh, so I, I'm saving the best for last. But there was this other guy, Wilbur Glenn Voliva. Who dear. So he's an evangelist. And this is going back a long time. People have been going at this for a long time. He said that the world is going to go puff and disappear in September of 1935. Um, I looked this guy up. Guess what? He was drawn to the teachings of this guy named John Alexander Dowie and eventually joined his congregation becoming an elder of the Christian Catholic Church of Zion. There's your Zion word.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, Which,
1: Illinois? by
0: the way, um, after last week's, when I talked about that Zion Oil company, they're still uh-huh. around. I looked them up. Oh, my gosh. It's zionoil.com. And there's a place where you can find out how you can contribute. Oh. Oh, yeah. Let me go.
1: <laughs> so, um, uh, so he starts following this guy Dowie and then Dowie has a stroke in September of 1905 and recuperated in Jamaica claiming $2000 a month expenses from the investments of the church. $2000 a month in 1905. Yeah. Wow. So so he asked this guy Voliva to return to oversee the city in his absence. Okay, so Voliva gets there in February 1906. The congregation decides we're going to revolt against the other guy who's in Jamaica, and they're going to accuse Jamaica recovery guy of corruption and polygamy. So then they decided Voliva is the head of the church, and then he renamed the church the Christian Catholic Apostolistic. Oh, God. Is, yep, that, is yep. that a word, Apostolist? Apo-
0: Apostolist. Now I can't apostolic? say it. Apocalypse Apocalypse Church.
1: Nope. (laughs) Um, So so he rescued the church from bankruptcy, gaining the support of the church members. He kept tight control on 6,000 followers, which made up the community. That's a lot the point. Yeah, even to the point of dictating their choice of marriage partners. That's actually the city. He rescued the city from bankruptcy. Um, So it says the city of Zion was effectively controlled by the church, All of its real estate, while sold at market rates, was conveyed under an 1,100-year lease, subject to many restrictions and termination at the whim of the general overseer. Um, Any religion other than theirs were banned. That's (laughs) a way to do it. Sure. Um, Visiting preachers from rival sects were harassed and hounded out of town by the city police force. Um, Let's see. So then... Uh, this guy decided to take the industries there and diversify. So, they um, they had an industrial concern owned by the church that manufactured Scottish lace, and that included a bakery which produced the popular Zion brand fig bar cookies <laughs> and White Dove chocolates. Oh, um, hmm. here I like this. Zion was a one-company town, and its workers were paid substandard wages. Uh, Let's see. He introduced new rules for members and notices were placed around the town with stern warnings that anybody who didn't belong to the church um, resented and often burned. But the city was established as a safe place for those within its boundaries. Okay, so guess what? This guy also gained nationwide notoriety by his vigorous advocacy of flat earth doctrine. (laughs)
0: And there it
1: is. Yep. He offered a publicized $5,000 challenge for anyone to disprove the flat earth theory. That's ridiculous. Yep. So the schools there in Zion taught flat earth. He became the first evangelical preacher in the world to own his own radio station, which could be heard as far away as Central America. It says, Voliva also predicted the end of the world would come in 1923, Mm -hmm. 1927,
0: 1930, 1934, and 1935. His Casio watch was not working. Oh, my God. There have been huckster fools for years. Just preying on P-R-E-Y. Dummies. Yeah, yeah. But we're all dummies well, in some way. Another sign <laughs> that indicates that it's the end times, according to the Bible, is that the gospel of the kingdom of God has to be preached to all nations. So I remember when I was growing up and I was thinking about becoming a missionary. Before that, I'm like, it, it in the Bible, it says... That the gospel will be preached to all people, Uh and it was always like, how can every single person be told? And what about babies? What if you don't run and get to that baby once it crowns from the mother? And like, you know, do you take? Oh, and what about
1: that island of people who?
0: Well, I'm going to get to that. Hold on, okay. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) but that was the whole thing. I was scared. And didn't understand. And it also said taking the gospel to the four corners of the earth, which might have been written before they figured out it was not a flat earth. So I didn't understand it at all. And that is about the time that it began to go around that it the Bible didn't mean take it to all people as in persons it meant people groups so people groups are called nations nations of people within countries so then it sort of as a future missionary lighten the load so to speak because it was like okay we really just need to hit up one person (laughs) And every, like... Who's
1: going to take it back to the
0: people where he came from? And maybe they don't even have to take it back, you know. As long as you hit up one in every community, then you're good because you've preached it to all, quote, nations. (laughs) And that's why we know from the John Chua thing that you can talk about that this has not happened yet. And we doubt anyone's going to get away with it. So go back to our old episode. And Bonnie, you want to give a brief outtake of what happened? Did you hear the way she said brief to me? (laughs) People, are you listening?
1: (sighs) Yeah, there was uh, an island of people and they don't speak any language that anyone else speaks. And the whole idea of approaching that island was extremely dangerous because they would kill anybody who came up and approached the island. And uh, this guy decided that was his goal. And I think that we talked about how part of his goal was to trigger the end times because they were the last known people who couldn't communicate right uh, by language, or that they and received knew of. the word of God. Yeah. Um, so, but then of course they didn't let him live as he approached the island.
0: Right. And sadly so, there was even like footage or something and he prepared for like two years for this young ideal, idealistic yeah. guy, <clears throat> smart, totally. And yeah. he goes up, they drop him off because they don't even want to get that close to the people because they're very skittish I think he, like, swims in, and then they just kill him. He, he paid some locals to boat him close enough. Right. And they shouldn't have done that.
1: The locals should have known better.
0: Yeah. But they but got paid. That's right. And, you know, Westerners can be very convincing because everyone's so enthralled with Western culture. Um, and it's used as a very manipulative, you know, device. So, yeah, so we the, the kingdom of God is not going to come until uh, someone gets to that island or right. any other number of, quote, civilizations and nations and all that. And if we believe God knows where all these are, then um, I'm sure he would say, You guys haven't even struck the surface. You don't know what you're talking about because there's tons of other places. And that's why it was always a ripoff when we did our summer missions. And it's like, we're going to Lake Worth, Florida. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that people group has heard the good news. We're going to the
1: Bahamas.
0: Oh, that was a good one now. That's fun.
1: (laughs) You know what happened in the Bahamas? I thought, well, I will take this pat of butter wrapped in a little metal uh, lined piece of paper. I will take it back with with me tinfoil, whatever, yeah, that you get at the restaurant. I'll put it on the doorknob to trick my roommates later, but I forgot about it. So my whole purse got covered in melted butter.
0: Good. (laughs) The (laughs) end. (laughs) And those are the kind of crazy church days we had. (laughs) Crazy (laughs) church days. (laughs) Okay, so I'm not going to go into all the other ones that, uh, that, you know, are supposed signs, but I will say that there's a lot that's supposed to happen with Jerusalem. Jerusalem is supposed to have crises and then maybe leaders and then a bunch of people from there supposed to run up into hills and all that whatnot. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel bad for my Jewish friends who are very, you know, attached to the idea of Israel as a nation And they think that any policy or anyone who stands up for that are thinking of it because they think what they're doing is right. They're not. They're Zionists, as is Trump and the evangelicals, who believe that doing this means that the end times can start to be ushered in. And they just can't see that. And it's so, like, sad and frustrating and discouraging and annoying. But so far, I don't even know if Jerusalem has a lot of hills. I don't think people are up in there. So, yeah. There's supposed to be a third
1: temple built there where there's currently an Islamic shrine. So there are people who have—Muslims have vowed to protect it with their lives. So that hasn't been
0: That's, raised. That has not worked. Um that's yeah. not happening. Now um, we do have a whole life-size replica of an ark that people have not <laughs> been able to get to that temple.
1: <laughs> uh, um, oh, there's also okay. So this is what was interesting to me is that apparently John, the last of Jesus's apostles, was banished to a Greek island. What? Uh, oh and yeah, that's, yeah. That's when he was supposedly given the signs of the apocalypse. So, this was supposedly happening around AD 96 that he was writing this. So, we're taking the word of a guy who's in his 80s at the very least. Right, right. You know, back then in the 80s, it's not like you've got the same healthcare facilities as we do now
0: and, to keep you going. Right. And he might have been in jail then, too. So While he was on
1: in jail of not being able to see his family on this island, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so there were seven momentous events that he threw out there that heralded the second coming of Christ. So uh, all of this just seems like a lot of
0: a, a lot of things that have to happen. I know. It isn't just like once we collect twenty one box tops, everything's going to, yeah, it's just a lot of mishmash. And it's, you know, when you get enough revelations, it's like talks about a beast and how the beast will have seven heads and blah, blah, blah. And, of course, there was a time when people really did believe in dragons and different things like that. (laughs) So, of course, it would make sense to them Mm -hmm. to have all of that talked about and for that to be a scary thing and then here comes our industrial revolution and all that and enlightenment it's like no, no, it's symbolic. That's the uh, 10 judges of this and the 12 tribes and the poop dupe and all Something that. Something about horsemen. There's horsemen. There's men horses. There, It's a big, uh, a big, you know, Bible con. Any any outfit that's not you can a gathering at a hotel. It <laughs> it Anything you can think up to dress as and have a costume. There you go. It's going to happen.
1: Um well on that list of people who predicted the end times, I found this guy. So I'm going to just read you what it says in Wikipedia about him. It's a relatively short entry, but <laughs> okay. I think you'll enjoy it. Do you know his name, Roland Frederick? Roland Frederick Stewart, Rod Stewart. No, <laughs> but Roland is also known as Rockin' Roland yep. and Rainbow Man. What? He <laughs> he was the guy who was a fixture in American sports culture best known for wearing a rainbow-colored Afro-style wig and later holding up signs that say John 316 at stadium sporting events. Yep. So uh, he was convicted of multiple kidnapping charges following an incident in 1992. Now he is serving three life sentences in Mule Creek State Prison. Wow.
0: Serving anything in Mule Creek (laughs) is enough. So serving the picture hamburgers that the- <laughs> in Mill Creek would be. Yeah. So the picture
1: that they show of him, he's got this crazy long mustache coming down on either side of his chin. Um, and then he's got the rainbow wig and then he's got stripy rainbow colors on his big giant wide lapels of his light blue jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says... He became a born-again Christian and was determined to get the message out by television. His first major appearance was at the 77 NBA Finals. Um, Broadcasters actively tried to avoid showing him. (laughs) He he, he appeared behind NFL goalposts, near Olympic medal stands, and even at the Augusta National Golf Club. At the 1982 Indianapolis 500, he was behind the pits of race winner Gordon Johncock. Stuart would strategically position himself for key shots of plays or athletes. He made no money and was homeless for a period. Cause that, Please believe.
0: That'd be expensive to get tickets. Yeah. And I'm sure he found his own, like, group of people that were just as idealistic and fervent like well and that's funny it's exactly dollars. the
1: next sentence says that he's believed to have acquired the tickets as donations from supportive christians wow um so uh let's see it says his fame led to a Budweiser beer commercial and a Saturday Night Live parody sketch where he was portrayed by Christopher Walken. Um <laughs> he was briefly jailed by Moscow police at the 1980 Summer Olympics and then in the 1980s he began a string of stink bomb attacks.
0: <laughs> like how do Targets. you go from <laughs> I'm going to hold up this sign to that? Yeah. Um Targets included
1: Robert Schuller's Crystal Cathedral, the Orange County Register, the Trinity Broadcasting Network, wow. and a Christian bookstore. The stated what? intent of the attempted attack at the American Music Awards was to show the public that God
0: thinks this stinks. <laughs> so he has his own little, like, Johnny Cochran saying? That's, <laughs> That's good. right.
1: But how, so, like,
0: he was going to... Do away with the churches too. Well, they're stink bombs. Yeah, God thinks certain things stink. So then,
1: okay, this. so we get to, he was arrested in 92 after a standoff in a California hotel. He entered this vacant room with two men who he tried to recruit for a job. The men later fled the scene after Roland attempted to surprise kidnap a maid who then locked herself into the bathroom.
0: My God.
1: And then reportedly, Stewart believed that the rapture was due to arrive in six days. So at the standoff, he threatened to shoot at airplanes taking off from nearby L.A. International Airport (laughs) and covered the hotel room windows with John 316 placards.
0: Oh, man. I know. That's some crazy doomsday. Like, okay, everyone just back up from this hotel just in case it goes off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, there's a documentary about him if you want to watch it. But let me just mention to you the thing that always, that never fails to amuse me personal life. Stewart was married four times, mm-hmm. <laughs> most notably to Margaret Hawkridge. The two met at church in Virginia in 1984. They started traveling across the country together. While on the road, they got married. And then during the nineteen eighty-six World Series, Hawkridge said that he tried to choke her for standing in the wrong spot with a John three sixteen sign. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. The end. Yeah, that's all. (laughs) See, I remember those days. And when I was a Christian, my mom would go like, there's a John 16 guy, John 316 guy. You know, like it was a big like, yeah, that's right. People are seeing this. They're going to think. He's in in
1: jail now. (laughs) Man. Uh, Geographically speaking, do you know where Mule Creek State Prison is?
0: I'm hoping it's in Virginia, but...
1: (laughs) It's not. Where is it? It's just outside Sacramento. Oh.
0: Still. (laughs) Yeah. Still. (laughs) Ah, my God. The John 316. I mean... That's the whole thing we were talking about the other day with someone, you and I were, about how, you know, it's like the whole thing of Christians aren't perfect, they're just forgiven, and this guy had all these problems, but it doesn't take away that he was trying to spread the gospel, and I am still very much... Like, if you've had 2,000 years in direct contact with the creator of the universe, how can you not at least be equal in morality to atheists? It's so it says it's nothing.
1: I bet that he spreads the word in prison a lot. (laughs) He's probably got a whole ministry. He's
0: spreading something in there. (laughs) Gosh, I just picked up this article. And it's him, and he is doing the, like, okay sign with his big John 316 shirt on (laughs) and his crazy wig. Man. Hold on a minute. Are you Googling something while I'm talking? No, I'm just going through. I've memorized the Internet, so I'm making my mind just go back over it. (laughs) Gross. Well, this is all to tell you guys that this is not the end of the world, no matter how awful it is. And yes, climate change is something we have to act on immediately, that this isn't, you know, Jesus coming back, and you don't have to be worried about that. And we're going to do some other future ones to calm and ease your mind. (laughs) <laughs> about hell and all those other horrifying things. But for right now, but we just right now. definitely need the company of each other. So please find us on all the social media places because this next, you know, however many days leading up to the election and after the election, no matter what the outcome, it's going to be a shitty time. Yeah, Yep. I'm anxiety's high. <laughs> it's it's crazy.
1: Yep, so but, take your medication. <laughs> take it twice. <laughs> don't take vote it twice. too much.
0: <laughs> don't, don't vote twice. <laughs> Do it all. <laughs> Good night. Oh, I'm exhausted.